Welcome in to the Soren Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Braden, and as always, I am joined by that pineapple in the Northwest, Alan Pena. And guys, welcome back to the podcast. Um, you might have noticed we did promise a lot of World Cup coverage, but unfortunately, uh, well, it was the holiday season towards the end of the World Cup. And when you have two jo- time jobs as four time jobs as reporters, uh, you know, life gets in the way. We had uh, we, we had plans and then schedules misaligned. So we basically took an extended holiday break. But we are back now. We're going to start off talking about World Cup. We're also going to talk about the importance of Pele and, you know, remember him and as he passed recently. But first off, before we get into anything, Alan, how are you doing today? Well, first of all, let me just say happy 2023 and happy new year to those that are listening or will listen in in a few in a couple minutes. And but I've been pretty good, Brandon. Can't complain. Uh the flu season has been getting at me or at the Pina household. But we're starting to recuperate. I'm still dealing with the cough, but it's actually not that bad compared to two or three weeks ago. But I'm doing good. Can't complain about that. Well, good. Sorry to hear you're getting back, covering, recovering after being sick. That's never fun to start off the new year. <laughs> no, but it's not that. It's not that badass. Well, it was it three weeks ago where I couldn't do squat. I couldn't even take my dog out to to do his his duties. But that's all right. Yeah, that's that's always rough. So maybe it was a good thing we had some hard time getting back. Yeah, (laughs) sounds like you might not have had much of a voice to to podcast anyway but i'm good i still got the voice and i'm ready to roll you know you know me and so are our listeners they're always ready to roll and you know guys as we start as alan said welcome to 2023 let's hit the button Uh, let's hit another one (laughs) and alan you know, as the soccer guru on the podcast here, as I get the soundboard resituated, um, when we talk about Pele, it, it's really hard when we just talk about Pele, you know, the, the Brazilian soccer god, to not also bring up Maradona, who also passed away fairly recently as well. If you recall, we did a podcast recently about that, you know, going over his memory, you know, his effect on the soccer world. And mm-hmm. You know, even then we brought up Pele. It seems no matter what, these two have always been interconnected, intertwined, you know, especially when Pele, you know, he was, you know, the GOAT. Now Maradona comes up, he's, you know, competing for that title. Some people say he is, some say he's not. You know, there's, for lack of a better term, beef between the two. You know, as they're getting compared to each other, that's bound to happen. And yet here we are towards the end of their lives. You know, that beef seemed to dissipate. They became, they seemed on the outside as friends, but Alan, we're not here to talk about that as much. We're here to talk about the man, the player, and the athlete of, of Pele. And as a soccer guru, I'm going to defer to you. Obviously you and I are too young to remember watching him play, but his effect on the sport has been paramount ever since. Yeah. Like everything that you see, like like the whole stars of the World Cup from Mbappe, Messi, Ronaldo, um, Neymar, like even going into Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, 
Rivaldo, Romario, like those great players and the great Brazilian players, all of that started with Pele. Like the whole, you got to have stars to attract the World Cup. And before the World Cup, yeah, it was still big, not that big deal. But Pele coming in at 18, the way that he played in that World Cup changed everything. And even though, yes, you're right, Braden. We were not, we weren't even born when Pele played. But the big, the legacy for me is like being an ambassador of the game. Him go like going like for instance, him playing in the U.S. for the New York Cosmos. That was a big deal. It's like you're bringing in, it's like you're bringing in Michael Jordan to go to Europe and play and promote the game. Something like. You could say it's equivalent to that. And because of that, that's when the seed for U.S. soccer started. And then going to other countries and promoting the game and showing that how beautiful soccer is or football. And I think even even now, like, like I remember a distinct interview um, that I don't know who was it, but it was on SportsCenter. And they asked him who would win the World Cup. And this was in the World Cup in South Africa. And he said that he would love to see an African team make win the World Cup or make a deep run into the World Cup. Watching Morocco get, get fourth place, get to that final four, that would have made Pelé very happy. Even though he's Brazilian. But He's all about the progress of the game around the world. And you saw Morocco. They progressed a lot. And and all of it has to do with the what Pelé did as an ambassador. And he really was someone that he wanted the world to be happy. He didn't he was not perfect, yes. But it's all about make what can I do to make others happy? And this was his way. Of promoting, promoting soccer, encouraging young athletes to 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 pursue their dreams. If they want to become that superstar, hey, pursue it and and go go kill it. And that's that's what he did, and and he did it unapologetically. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned it. I hadn't heard you know Pele saying, "I would love to see an African team advance." to the finals or maybe even win the world cup. I hadn't seen that come out. Um, then again, I've also been really intertwined with uh, the hockey world recently. So that's, you know, fair. Um, but that being stated, you know, when you said he's for the progress of the game, that's what a true ambassador of the sport was. And when we look at Pele and some of these stars, we look at in the sports world, you know, especially with someone of that renown as Pele, they become these ambassadors for the pro- progression of the sport. And Pele, like you said, Alan, was exactly all about that. You know, many times in his life, he was helping progress the stars. You know, he would give encouragement to people like Neymar. I'm sh- especially with that countryman tie. You know, he would encourage them when they needed it most. And that seems to be what ambassadors will do. They they help the game grow, but they also help the stars know how to handle that pressure. Because, you know, especially at a time where superstars in soccer were 
not really well known or appreciated as much in the United States, Pele kind of, like you said, he, he transformed all of that. You know, he, he basically created that soccer scene. The MLS probably wouldn't be thing if it weren't for Pele. Yeah, absolutely. I, like, like I said, even though the cosmos, even though the league that the cosmos played dissolved, but that's what it started. And his trips there were obviously synonymous, him promoting the game there. And now with the World Cup being there starting in 94 and then now coming back here, it's it's tremendous. Like he's done a lot for the game as an ambassador. The player, like outstanding, like only guy to win three World Cups. That's a hard task. It's hard. Like, like that. That's why it makes me laugh when I hear something. Oh, our goal is to win the World Cup. I'm like, yeah, that, that's a good attitude, but it's hard. And and how Pele did it was, he just like, and even the thing was, he galvanized as a team. Like when those teams of Brazil, like you never hear, oh, oh, it's Messi and Argentina. Or it's Ronaldo and Portugal. It was Brazil. Like, yeah, you had Pelé, you had Carincha, other players. But when the team arrived, it was Brazil. It wasn't Pelé and the Brazilian national team. It was Brazil. And he kept it that way. And it showed that, hey, yeah, you could be a star. But make sure it's the team. And he did it wonderfully. Yeah, and I mean, and that's what all you can ask for in a star, you know, especially when we think about another star, Alan, you brought him up, Michael Jordan and the Bulls, right? Throughout the 90s, it was Jordan and the Bulls. It was never a whole lot, the conversation, even now, the Bulls. It's always MJ and the Bulls. You know, we look, we think about it, other stars now, like you mentioned, it's Messi in Argentina, Ronaldo in Portugal, uh, Neymar in Brazil, even now, you know, Mbappe in France. That time where, yeah, you might have a superstar, but they make sure it's about the team seems to have surpassed in a lot of ways. But, you know, that's a tribute to who Pele was, is he made sure that team with the team was recognized, you know, especially in a sport like soccer. You can't have one guy just do it all. You know, they can try. They can try. But like you said, in a competition like the World Cup, Alan, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, it doesn't. And. The teammates that he had were outstanding. And, and that's what made it beautiful. That's what made made them win those World Cups. And and also the huge thing was he never left Brazil. And what I mean by that is when he played for clubs, he always stayed with his local club, Santos. He had offers to go to Europe and play. Like whichever team you mentioned, Braden, he probably had an offer. But the fact that he's like, no, I'm staying. I'm a Brazilian, a proud Brazilian, and I'm going to stay stay in the league. It just goes to show how much he cared for Brazil. And and it's it's just like, how would I say this? It's just sad that a legend like that passed away. But his contribution, I think his way of approaching the game and promoting it, should not go away and will not go away. And and really, like, 
he brought that recognition to Brazil, where Brazil before it was just, oh, okay, probably some country in South America. Now, first thing you think of Brazil, there'll be some that will say, oh, I think about the carnival or soccer. Mm-hmm. If that's not the first thing, it might it's going to be the second. All right. I remember, you know, especially at the height of the 2010s when Brazil was winning tons of World Cups or international competitions and matches in that way. That was your first thought when it came to Brazil was was soccer, football. And yeah. that was your first thought as an American was was that. And in large yeah. part, like you just said, Alan, it was because of Pele that that world renown has of Brazil as a soccer superpower has become the past. You know, and especially when you think of all the other players that have come because of it, you know, it, it it's it's crazy. Not very especially when you learn things like he's like you mentioned, he stayed in the country to play in the country leagues. Like he like you said, he could have left, but he decided, like we talked about way early on in this podcast, his history. We'll we'll plug it here. For a country to develop sports, you need to have stars kind of help grow it inside the country. And yeah. Pele definitely did that more so than as more so than any other star could have at that point in time. Yeah, and because of that, him staying, it allowed it pretty much planted and harvested others to be like, okay, like I know I can stay, but I know, hey, I have an opportunity to go. And there was no problem at all going to play in the big leagues but for Pelé at that time it's like you know what let me stay here and then others as they grow and become better and perform in the big stages then they can go into bigger stages if they want to go pretty much play in Europe and he opened the floodgates everything that we see now as far as soccer is concerned the marketing the player marketing the the star power everything started with Pele. It, it really did. And then, you know, we you could argue it continued as, you know, we brought him up earlier with Maradona. And mm-hmm. as we mentioned, you know, they had their, what seemed like a rivalry at times. Sometimes they seemed friends. You know, no one besides those two probably will ever know what their relationship was ever really like. But, you know, they, on the outside towards the end, they seemed like friends. And there's only one thing that can do that is especially when you are crossing cultural borders, cultural ties and understandings is at the same sport. And for them, that was soccer. And, you know, we look at it now, you know, you have Pele, you had Maradona. Now we have Messi and Ronaldo. And then you could argue now we have uh, Mbappe and say Neymar, you know, there there's always going to be these two star athletes that are coming up around the same time that are generational type players and Pele started it all. We wouldn't have the Messi's, the the Ronaldo's, or stuff like that if it weren't for Pele and his contribution to making the sport grow as large as it did. Now, obviously, these talents would probably still exist, but they might not have the same star power and the same the notoriety. The notoriety if it weren't for Pele. Yeah, I Someone has I to told, start it all. Yeah, he he pretty much did and. Yeah, like the whole Brazilian mindset of you got to play beautiful and win started with him. And and I think probably there's a feeling for Brazil that next World Cup, they want to go hard. 
for him. And and like I said, like every like I've seen Pele when Brazil last won the World Cup in two thousand two. Oh, he was happy. Like he went what? Like he was very happy to see. Hey, we're back on top. And and that's where I believe Brazil has fallen off a bit. I'm not saying oh go back to the Pele years, but that mindset of like hey, like we are the best. Like go show her. Like don't don't just be like oh we got the lead and. And now we can relax. No, we still we still got have plenty to play, play our skill and and get the win. And I think that is gonna help the national team motivate and be ready for the next World Cup in about you could we can say three and a half years. So but to Pele, like thank you, like for promoting this game. And and I know that <clears throat> His legacy will continue, and also um, his state, the stadium, the famous Maracana in Rio de Janeiro, just got changed to the Edson Arante Edson Arantes do Nascimento Pele Stadium, one of the famous soccer stadiums in the world, got changed in honor of Pele, which is wonderful. And I know I was hearing about several family members saying they should retire. Brazil should retire the number ten. But to me, again, why do players wear the famous 10? Because of what Pelé did for Brazil. And then in Argentina, Maradona, it's just something that, you know what? Like, I get it. I know because here in the U.S., we do tend to retire jerseys. We see that a lot in every sport. But I think in soccer, it should be the exception because it's like, I want to wear that jersey. I want to be where he's at. I want to be at the top of the mountain. Like that is why Messi wears that number. I want to be at the top. Neymar, same thing. I want to be at the top. That's why I wear number 10. So to me, it's okay if it's not retired. Because that allows the players to aim high. And it's something that you like. Not just you have to go with it, but also like learn to like embrace it. Like this is what they want. They want to reach there. Go for it. Aim high. Yeah, and you know th that's the crazy thing. We, <laughs> we've talked about that before, Alan. Should play numbers be retired? Should they not? You know, I I'm of the opinion it depends. It, it always depends on why you're doing it. In this case, you could make a really good argument for retiring that number. You could also make the same argument Alan just made, where you don't, you shouldn't retire that number, but so people can continue wearing it. The counter argument for me is this, and MLB World has retired the number forty-two for Jackie Robinson. You know, obviously, good decision by the by MLB, which has made a lot of questionable decisions over their hundred years tenure. But when you think about it, let's say Pele's number 10 gets retired by Brazil. Okay. Black players today, while they can't wear 42, they'll sometimes wear the number 24. Or they'll wear something that is in lieu of 20 or 42. Maybe they wear like <laughs> a or, or a, I think it's or called the divisible. They'll, they'll wear something that 
brings it up to that level of of what that 42 will represent. I know there was a story with Robinson Cano who said he wore 24 because he couldn't wear 42. You know, so there's stories like that around. This could be if that number 10 gets retired, you probably won't see a player wear zero one. I mean, we could. Um, it, it's very unlikely because that would just be one. <laughs> yeah, but also I've seen there, I've seen soccer players that have worn the number and no joke, one hundred and ninety nine, or one or nine nine hundred ninety nine. I've seen that happen. So we might, you could see that. I mean, you could see a five and then another player wear two. You you could see maybe you know something that has ten in it. You could see you know multiples of ten, divisibles of ten. You there's ways you could get get that 10 without wearing that 10. And even if the number doesn't get retired, some players if from Brazil might not even want to wear that number out of respect for Pele. There's always that aspect of they they want Pele to be that last person people associate with that number. And so there's always that aspect of, well, it's not officially retired by the country or the team. Culturally, it is retired. And so we could see that. I mean, we might not see another number 10, but you never know. You know, I know for Bryce Harper with the Phillies, he doesn't wear his number of 34 out of respect for Roy Halladay, the last Phillies player to wear number 34. And he's a bit a big advocate for the Phillies to to retire number 34 out of respect for Roy Halladay. So you might see something like that in Brazil. You might not. You never know. So there, there's options here surrounding that number. But obviously, if you know, you got to take into account what the family is asking for if they want it retired, that should be taken into account. You got to take into account current status with that number. I know Neymar Jr. wears that number. So maybe you, you grandfather it in, you know, saying he's the last player that will ever wear it from the team. Something <laughs> happened with 42 in MLB. Mariano Rivera was the last player who could ever wear 42 in MLB because he was grandfathered in after the number was retired officially by the league. So you could see something like that. It might not happen. You never know. But there's arguments you can make on why the number should or shouldn't be retired. Yeah, and that's those are all great points, and and I don't know what else to say. Like we've spoken a lot about Pele, and and there'll be more to talk about Pele in the future. Right, and I think you know when we talk about Pele, right? He was a big advocate of the progression of the game. He wanted sports to, or he wanted the game to grow. And what better way for the game to grow? And one of its biggest stars finally reaching the zenith of the sport. You know, Pele would have wanted someone like Me- like Messi, Lionel Messi, to win the World Cup. He would have wanted someone, like, even if, let's say, Ronaldo won it, he would have wanted that. Because that's what grows the sport. You know, Messi finally won the Copa de America. And now he has his first ever and possibly only World Cup title to his name. And... Yeah. Not only would Pele want that, despite it being an Argentinian World Cup, but it grows the sport, which is also what something Pele would have wanted, as we know. So yeah. as we transition into that, we're going to keep that in mind. But also, just remember, Pele would have wanted the progression of the game. And nothing went grows a game better than sports winning titles. Oh, yeah. I, stars I, winning I, titles, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely agree with it. And... That's, that is what it's all about, and let's get right to it. As I don't know what, what to say, what we just saw on December 18th. 
Like, and I've seen the World Cup since 2002. I was nine years old. That was the first World Cup I saw. At first, I would have said the greatest World Cup final that I saw was Netherlands and Spain. Unbelievable. Almost was crazy. This one between Argentina and France. My wife doesn't watch soccer. Not a lot. But this World Cup, I got excited. I thought, oh, and my parents are going to be messy and all. That's when it was, that was the first time I saw her like, what is this? This is the best game I've ever seen in soccer. And both Messi and especially Kylian Mbappé put on a show. Like, this is why you watch the World Cup. Because of that. Like, it, I, I'm, I was speechless that day. I, I was. No kidding. Alan, I did tell you we would see a high-scoring game in this World Cup. I did not predict it be the finals, but I did say we'd see a game where goals, goals were just being scored at will. I didn't think it'd oh, be. Oh, there were. There were. That, they had 172 goals scored in this whole World Cup, which is the most. But the final, yeah, being high scored and penalties, which that does happen. It was like we thought pretty much, oh, Argentina, where they're going to win it. And then tied game 2 2. And then. Argentina, 3-2, all right, it's over. And then three, Mbappe ties it. And then later, France has a shot to win it. And Emiliano Martinez makes that crucial save, which had that not happened, we would have had a different story. Right, and it, it, it's crazy. Both players will stars of Mbappe and Messi were willing their teams to victory. It meant a lot to both of them to not go down without a fight. And clearly, the better team came out on top. Yeah, not just on top, but also I would say the experience of Argentina in penalties. They've been in penalties already. So they weren't afraid of 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 being in that pressure situation for France, they never been in it. Even in when they won the World Cup, all their games did not go into penalties. They're all they all ended normal and normal time. And I think that's what thing we overlooked with France. Despite the talent that they have, we overlooked that factor that the more the, the, the longer this game goes, can they hold on? And that is one thing not a lot of us saw. Some did, but a lot, no way. And and But give credit to Argentina. They finally did it. I think not, now Messi can relax and be like, hey, I'm now in the same pedestal as Diego Maradona, even though he already is because the stature and all, but that pretty much cements it. Boom. Right there, like now we can say, "Oh, Messi," or Mar like when it's Messi or Maradona. Now they can say, "You know what? We love them both in Argentina," and and I don't know. They're still partying over there, based on what has been going on in Buenos Aires, and 
And look, I'm not, I won't be surprised if we see Messi at the age of 39 defending that title. Like some say, oh, but that's too old. Go ask Luka Modric from Croatia. He's 37. He's playing like he was 20, 27. And you saw that in the World Cup. He was willing his team. And and that's why Croatia did it again. Made, go getting third place. So for Messi, I can see that happening. And the beautiful thing about it, Braden, is it's no longer he has to carry the team. It's now a team effort. Now it's guys like Julian Alvarez, who a star, a rising star. Enzo Fernandez, we talked about him, like a great midfielder. And I think he's almost, he's working his way to come into the Premier League. We still got their goalkeeper. Like this is still a, a there's young players there. So don't be surprised if he comes back because stars like that, like once they win it, they want to be like, hey, let me defend it one more time. And 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 if I don't make it, at least I went out on my terms. Right. And we could very well see that. He also might decide, you know, I finally reached that zenith. You know, mm-hmm. he finally reached his ultimate goal. <laughs> you know, the one thing we always knew is he wanted to play for Barcelona and win titles in the La Liga. He did that. He won Champions League titles. He won titles of galore of everything you could win, MVPs. You know, the golden boots. He's he's won yeah. everything you could win as a soccer player minus the World Cup. Well, here he is at the Zenith. He reached it. He's got it. He might decide, you know what? It's it's time. But like you said, he might decide, let's try it one more time. <laughs> and without that pressure, we might see a new player. He might be yeah. reinvigorated. We might see a new guy come out of Lionel Messi. You never know. But that's the crazy thing is he's finally got that World Cup. He doesn't have to worry about that no more. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And now it's what's next for him that we don't know. But I know what's next for France. I think they're not going away either. They're not. They're not. Some will say, oh, uh, this is over. No, it's not. Not for Kylian Mbappé. And they're, they're going to have a loaded roster next year. Or next year. I mean, next World Cup. I mean, I'm still in France with the in frenzy of what happened a couple of weeks ago. But still, next World Cup, they're going to bring a loaded squad. We might have a new coach at that time. There might be a new coach at that time. There are rumors about bringing in Sinidin Sidan, uh, uh, also a World Cup winner in France of 98, also a favorite player of mine back in the day as a kid. And... So we don't know if they're gonna do that, but the rumors that it might happen. Either way, they're gonna like I saw like we don't bet, but I saw the odds and they're putting France up there again as the favorite or if not close to it. And rightfully so. France is still very much a powerhouse within, you know, the larger worldwide soccer pitcher, you know, and Rightfully so, you know, they they earned their spot in the finals. They earned their spot to win it and be one of the first few ever teams to get it back to back. Um, Obviously, I think the will and fate was on Argentina's side, and you could clearly see that, you know, the, the experience of penalties and that pressure, you know, went out. And one thing that sticks out from my memory of seeing what happened after the game was, you know, obviously 
the team is excited. You know, they're celebrating with each other. <laughs> um, but the one thing that to me showed Messi's leadership and character for that team this this World Cup was he went over to the guy that scored the winning penalty shot, the one that basically sealed the deal, and he celebrated with him before he celebrated with the team. I think that just yeah. goes to show the leadership that this guy has with that team. Even if he doesn't return to play, he might return to that team in some way or form. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Like, uh, he'll still be in there one way or another. And and even the coach, I want to say what Lionel Scaloni did. Like, pretty much, it was a team. It wasn't, it no longer became, oh, it's Messi in Argentina. It was Argentina. And and I think that's where coaching in, in football and in soccer is great importance, where well, in the, in this stage, it's all about team, and team will get you far, not superstars, not individuals, but a team. Right, and it, it, it's crazy as we get into our final thoughts here. I want to hit the button. We got about two minutes here, but guys, everything is crazy. Messi's got the World Cup. Pele, you know, legend of the sport. He's no longer here with us. His legacy will never die. That's the thing. To quote the Sandlot, heroes get remembered, but legends never die. And Pele, not only was he a hero, and he'll be remembered as a legend, he'll never die. And that's and that's what's important. And now you can name for other players that we've seen today up there as well. Yes. But, you know, Alan, as this episode's wrapping up, what do we got next for the in the in the pipe coming up for this people? Oh, the, what do we got in store? Okay, you almost froze on me. I was like, okay, or <laughs> well, we have free agency in baseball happening, and a lot of players have been signing. One in particular signed, then did not sign, then signed again. Now there's rumors that oh, he may not sign, and that is Carlos Correa. We'll get into that saga which is never seen anything like this, but we'll get into that since baseball is making noise. I will get some hockey as well as the season is progressing. The NBA is also in the mix and and we'll, we'll get that coverage as well. And and hopefully in some time we will do, we will get back to the rivalry and discuss especially a rivalry that um, is not in in soccer still. That you kind of can say is bringing home to me, which is pretty much the U.S. Mexico rivalry. That will be in store sometime. We'll let you know about it. All right, guys, that's what's coming up. We're going to ride this out. Uh, this will come out <laughs> soon. We got some stuff coming out. Just stick with us. We got a lot in store for you guys this year. Yeah. So stay safe, and if and if you still don't know where to watch us or missed any missed any of our episodes, wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, we're there. And if you missed any of the episodes, go ahead and watch. We may not be there in reality because we sleep, but in your in your devices, we're there twenty four seven.